this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, head over to the website www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media, pretty much at the Hop Nerd. There's pages for it, kind of sort of everywhere. Just go like click follow, do those kind of sort of things. Follow me on LinkedIn. It's just Sam Goodman. You'll find my ugly mug along with a bunch of stuff that I post over there. That's about the easiest way to kind of see where I'm at, what I've got going on, all those kind of sort of things, and kind of new guests we've got coming on the podcast and stuff like that. And about the easiest way to know what I've got going on in my world and uh, to hear a little bit about human and organizational performance is right here on the podcast. So if you're not subscribed, do me a favor, click that little subscribe button, scroll on down there if you got a few minutes and leave us some stars, write us a review. That helps me a ton leaving me a review like that. And especially if you really like it, you love it, you got to have more of it. Click that five star thing. That helps a lot. And what helps even more than that is just telling your friends about what we've got cooking over here, what we've got going on. Let your friends know, let your families know. If uh, you don't like it, let your enemies know so they are forced to listen to it. Or if it's kind of in between, let your frenemies know about it. And kind of in that same vein, I have got a book out, 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less, that I released back in August. It's all about how we operationalize human and organizational performance. And it is not just in that box of safety. It's viewed through a bit of a safety lens. But uh, a lot of folks that have read the book, they have uh, sent me notes or called me and said, hey, look, this isn't a safety book. And I'm like, I know it's kind of cool, right? They're like, no, no. I mean that in like a really good way. It's not just safety. It's safety. It's quality. It's anything that kind of sort of matters. And it's all about bringing these principles, these concepts, these ideas, this kind of a closet full of stuff that we call human and organizational performance. It's all about how we bring that to life within our organizations, how we operationalize that. So if you haven't checked out the book, it is available on Amazon and just about all the marketplaces. It seems to come and go in the Australian marketplace for so for oh, can't get words out. There we go. Get some out. Let me pause. Okay. Reset. Okay. Ready? Ready? For my friends. <laughs> Got a little excited there. For my friends in the Australian marketplace. It seems to come and go. And I apologize. I've been working with Amazon on that. But as soon as they become available, they are gone. So you might just have to keep an eye on it and uh, see when it's available and snag it. Just grab it right on up when you see it because it might be there one second. You refresh the page and they are sold out the next and waiting on uh, more copies to be produced. So again, I apologize. I am working on that. But if you have picked up the book, do me a favor, leave it a review. Again, back to stuff that helps us a ton here, helps me a ton, uh, quite literally keeps this podcast going and keeps the lights on around here in the Hot Nerd studio. Uh, leave it a review. Uh, whether you like it, love it, hate it, somewhere in between, that's great. Just honest feedback. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Five stars, love it. Love it, like it, got to have more of it. Um, so if you really enjoyed it, do that five-star thing, leave some good feedback. It means a ton to me. Got a lot of great feedback so far and looking forward to some more. That's the entire point of writing those things. That's the entire point of doing this podcast. That's the entire point of all this stuff is trying to make a positive impact out there. So let's jump right into today's podcast. Let's let's chat a little bit about something that we talk about in the book quite a bit, and that is the use of 
learning teams and learning explorations. And I don't want to go into like super duper detail on like the step by step by step by step stuff because I don't think you I don't think you have to. I just kind of want to talk about them maybe in just a general sense and just some thoughts, just some ideas, maybe some ideas on maybe where we go a little wrong with that approach and some ideas on how to get started. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's jump right in. So let's start maybe right here with one of the areas where we tend to go wrong with learning teams in general is that we start to do learning teams within our organization and we start to realize just how valuable they are, right? We start to go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is different, this is good different, oh my God, oh my God, this is great, this is great, this is, <laughs> and then we go learning team crazy. We start trying to do learning teams for just about anything and everything that happens in our work world. And you probably know my thoughts on that. It seems like when we tend to try to broadly apply a tool or something or just that anything that we tend to see as valuable in certain certain situations, when we tend to just broadly apply that and just do that a bunch, it seems to become less valuable and it starts to become a headache. And then we don't want to do it as much. Right? So that's kind of the first pro tip, I guess, here is this idea of doing them where they matter. And that'll look different, you know, from place to place, but really focusing on doing them where they matter. And what I mean by that, one of the things that I tend to like to sort by is this idea of asking the question, is this learning rich? Is this interesting? I mean, just that basic question of, is this really interesting? Is this is this worth time and effort and using something as valuable as a learning team to sit down and dig into it? And the answer is not always yes. So you have to put a little bit of pre-thought into that, right? You don't want to just keep throwing stuff against the wall. You don't just want to overstretch yourself because all organizations, no matter how small or how extremely large, we all have finite time and resources to be able to accomplish the things in need of accomplishing. So we need to make sure that they are actually in need of accomplishing, that it's meaningful, that it matters, that this is the right place and the right time to use this really great tool this really great approach to trying to gain raw and real information about how things get done and typically about how things normally go well and all the context that swirls around <laughs> in normal work so be cautious with going learning team crazy again once we start on this path sometimes it's hard to maybe temper our approach just a bit and stop and pause and ask those questions. Is this interesting? Is this learning rich? And taking a few minutes to reflect on that before we just say, not learning team, let's do learning teams, let's do learning teams. Because what seems to happen is you end up with this gigantic box full of stuff, this backlog of things you want to learn about, with no mechanism of sorting or prioritization and you have a real struggle in kind of sifting. Yeah, they were just gonna say sorting, but sifting, sifting the salt from the pepper and really understanding where you need to invest that time. So let's pause. Let's ask those questions before we just throw a learning team at it. Uh, because again, I, my view on this is learning teams are super powerful. They're amazing. They're an amazing tool. And we need to be cautious a little bit in their use. Uh, and with that, it's just one tool in our toolkit of operational learning, of seeking out operational intelligence. So using them where they matter, not using them for 
everything. Another challenge that I tend to see emerge with learning teams, especially in really heavy kind of maybe command and control type of organizations as they start down this path. And a lot of times before they even start down this path, they want to implement some very rigid, long procedural requirements structure. They want to build a ton of structure around the process. They want to keep all learning teams extremely formal, extremely tracked, right? Retaining every single chunk of everything. Learning teams cannot occur without 14 pages of paperwork documenting the fact that the learning team occurred and everything that was said and everything. You get where I'm going. It's this idea that some of the magic here is the unstructured nature of it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have some structure. So let me let me insert that here. I'm not saying that you should just go like total anarchy mode. Um, but some of the real magic sauce here is that it, it is different and it's not as structured and it's not as linear. So don't bastardize the process by creating like a 40 page procedure with like 17 associated forms as attachments and saying, here you go, do it like this exactly like this for everything. And if you can't do it like this, you shouldn't do it. Um, what we tend to see happen with that is as learning teams begin to kind of happen in organizations and as they begin to mature, and as we were talking about before with kind of going learning team crazy, as we see those things viewed as more valuable we start to see the power of them down through the organization at even like a frontline worker level crew level right like frontline leader frontline workers we start to see learning teams kind of start to happen like on their own and it's a really interesting place to be and that's a really great indicator when people start to maybe come up to you in the organization and say hey guess what i did a learning team and here's what i found out here's what we learned here's what we did some organizations have kind of dissuaded that because they go through this thing of like, oh my God, you mean you did a learning team without permission? Oh my God, you did a learning Did you follow the procedure? Did you do the form? Did you submit the three online forms that are associated with learning teams? Did you let your leader know? Did you, did you solicit approval beforehand? And we make people want to not do them. Let those things happen. Let go of a little bit of that control. And so I've seen this done pretty successfully in a couple of ways where we kind of have our, our more formal kind of higher level learning teams like post event stuff. We have our more formal stuff. Uh, and maybe as we seek to resolve or like broad organizational issues, we kind of have the, that kind of more formal bucket of learning teams. But then we kind of sort of let those more informal things just happen and leave it up to those employees to determine if those things need to be shared up and around in the organization. If there's lessons learned that need to maybe go beyond their crew. Again, we get really bent up around the around tracking and sharing learning, this idea of communicating learning or taking all learning and spreading it across the organization. We get so caught up in that idea sometimes that we stop learning and that's dangerous. That's not a place that we want to be in either. So I would encourage you to maybe find some balance there as you're thinking about those things. Think about rather than providing a bunch of like procedural guidance and rules associated with where learning teams are done, how they're done, how you seek permission to do them, rather than doing that, spend time growing really good facilitators in your organizations at various levels. Don't just dump all that on hop people or safety people or managers. Spend time with your frontline leaders and be like, look at, look at this. This is a really great tool for solving issues and solving problems and helping you even as a frontline leader resolve things at a crew level. That's, that's a, that's a great tool. Spend time growing more of a facilitator base than spending time creating really rigid structure and process associated with learning teams. 
Now, the other piece of this is folks that are brand new to learning teams. And I think this is a big one as well. I get a lot of communication from folks and spend a lot of time on the phone with folks and spend a lot of time um, coaching and consulting to organizations that are starting on this path. And they almost find themselves in that like paralysis by analysis stage where they just freeze. They just freeze. Right? They're like learning teams, big, scary, different. How do we do this? We need to completely understand everything. We need to be masters of the process before we ever even think about, ever even think about trying to do a learning team. And I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like that's a mistake. I think a lot of times our biggest maybe obstacle to starting to do learning teams is simply to just start doing learning teams. Now, what I'm not saying here is that you should like take like huge catastrophic event and be like, I've never done a learning team. So now we're just going to do a learning team. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying seek out like a pain point, like something that's like a problem that's in need of solving and try to use a learning team. Think like, think like low risk, high reward situations where it's like, we've had this problem. This problem has been going on for a long time. We've not been able to maybe seem to resolve it. You know, if we don't resolve it like right now, it's probably not a huge deal, but we've thrown a bunch of stuff at the wall trying to fix it and we haven't been able to fix it. And so let's try something a little bit differently. Um, let's approach this a little bit differently. Let's go out and seek to understand how learning teams happen. Let's kind of get that structure, that real basic, even if you're just thinking real basic structure, most folks, you know, there's different methodologies. You'll see like the five steps of learning teams, the seven steps of learning teams. Um, I don't think it gets much more complicated. Um, if you strip out like maybe the thought of just the basics of like, okay, we're like we got to plan it. We need to think some of those things through. We got to think on the other side of that of like actions and how those actions come to life. But the actual process of really just learn, soak, fix, right? Let's get some folks together in a room. Let's think of some interesting questions and uh, let's maybe try this out a little bit to solve that problem. Again, think small, fail in the small scale before you try it on something big, before you fail in, you know, the full scale. So low risk, high reward situations, pick a problem, pick a pain point, pick something that's in need of general betterment, and maybe go out and try to do a learning team with a little bit of understanding of kind of what they are, do some research, understand them, seek out some information on how to facilitate, and try it out and kind of see what happens. And almost always I see folks go, oh, that was not nearly as hard as what I thought it was going to be. And you kind of learn as you go, ooh, I know, scary, ooh, oh my goodness, it might not work. It, it might not, but it's worth a shot. And a lot of this stuff, we learn through failure anyways. We learn like, okay, I tried that during this learning team. That didn't work out too well. But on the flip side of that, you also have to realize that you're not leading a learning team. You're facilitating a learning team. So think through a facilitator's lens of facilitating these really powerful and meaningful conversations, diving into the context that surrounds normal work, pain points, problems, whatever we're seeking to resolve and think failing in the small scale, trying it on for size in the small scale and give it a bit of a shot. Don't be so afraid of the process because some of the thought here back to some of the magic sauce is that it's not super complicated or complex. It's not really, uh, there's a low barrier to entry here. So just jump right in and give it a little bit of a shot. Okay. Let's do like a quick recap here. So what we talked about is be cautious of going learning teams crazy because when you start on this journey 
and your your organization, you and your organization begins to discover how powerful learning teams can be. We tend to have this kind of, we skew towards running amok with learning teams and we try to do them for everything instead of doing them where they matter. So focus on doing them where they matter and understand that learning teams are not a silver bullet to anything. They're just another, but a very valuable tool in their toolkit of operational learning, of gaining operational intelligence. When you start down this journey, be cautious not to try to make it too structured. Not saying that you shouldn't have some bit of a recipe for success, right? Some ideas on what that looks like, but don't make it too rigid. Don't make it so rigid that it's a headache. If you make learning teams too rigid, they begin to not work as well. All right, so all that structure, building that 47-page form and process flow chart and, you know, procedure and all this stuff that goes along with it that you must follow forever and always is kind of the opposite direction. It's kind of the opposite approach. It's kind of the opposite of the intent of learning teams, right? The whole thought here is that we're seeking raw and real information through really, really, really open dialogues and conversation. We're seeking to understand normal work and context and all of these things that a very structured and linear approach doesn't really allow us to make happen. So if you're thinking in the sense of like treating this like a root cause analysis process and we're walking step by step by step, this is 100% always the recipe for success, you're gonna fall flat on your face or you're gonna find out that that doesn't work very well in general or for learning teams, or you're gonna find out that you make the process such a nightmare, a headache, anxiety inducing, that people just don't wanna be a part of it. And again, for me, it just doesn't really allow you the flexibility to dig into all the things that we're seeking to dig into. Keep these things flexible, keep these things approachable, minimize headache and anxiety associated with these things. Again, that's the magic sauce in this process. And last but not least, don't think about learning teams as big, scary things that are just really, really high barrier to entry that you have to have years and years and years and years and years and years of years of understanding and seeking to understand how to do these things before we could ever even think. So much of the obstacle with learning teams that I find with organizations is that they're just fearful of giving it a shot. So again, I'm not saying take this and do this for like your big, bad, scary stuff that is, that we need to solve a problem right now or somebody's going to die if you've never done learning teams before. But think like low risk, high reward, solving pain points, solving problems. Just go out and ask some folks, what's the dumbest thing you have to do to work here? What's something that you need, but you can't get your hands on? What's harder than it should be? Pick one of those things and uh, give it a shot. Get some of those folks together in a room Seek to understand the process, that kind of learn, soak, fix process, and see what happens. And learn your way through this a little bit by experimenting, by trying it on for size. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you just give it a shot. Do you have the opportunity for failure? For sure. Back to let's start in the small scale, get really good at it before we take it full scale. But just give it a shot. Again, 
think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So with any of this stuff, learning teams, human and organization performance from general consulting stuff, I was just like right before I started recording this, like I got in super late last night because I've been traveling all over doing some learning teams and doing some mentoring around uh, facilitation and teaching folks to do learning teams by co-facilitating learning teams with them and helping them build some of this stuff into their process. That's what I was doing right before I jumped on here. I stayed up late last night, uh, but my flight mares have seemed to have ended. I've had some really good flights. So thank you, uh, American Airlines, and thank you, Delta and Southwest and all the other folks I have flown on over the past 10 or 15 days. I greatly appreciate you getting me from point A, I was going to say to B, but it seems like point A to point Z at this point with a lot of stops in between big shout out to those folks um, and all the hard work they do to keep people moving all over this country like me like moi if you need some help with that if you want someone to co-facilitate with you and help you seek to understand this process a little bit better or if you just need some help with human and organization performance overall operationalizing that or bringing these concepts to life within your organization from human and organization performance fundamentals to learning team stuff and everything in between head over to www.thehopner.com i would love to help you out with that either get started on your journey or go farther on your human and organizational performance journey. I would love to get you on the calendar. It is filling up, man. It has been a busy, busy, busy season, but it's great because it's great work. It is just great getting to see all this stuff come to life in the real world and see it be valuable to folks and see folks kind of get that. Uh, for most of my folks out there that have been doing hot for a second, if you close your eyes and you think about when you first heard these principles, you first heard these ideas, you first kind of started this transition, maybe within your own organization, and you kind of had that like hair stand up on your arm moment and you kind of had the curtain pulled back and you seen it right you saw it and you can't unsee it and you got excited yeah that's that's the stuff that i'm talking about man it's exciting and it makes sitting on a plane traveling all over the country uh worth it because i get to see these things come to life and i get to help you guys out there bring these things to life so again if you do need some help with that uh, and I might not be the person to help you. I'll point you in the direction of somebody that can if I think somebody else is better in a particular area of it. But I would love to be a part of your human and organization performance. Again, your human and organization performance journey. There you go. I'd love to help you operationalize these things. So head over to www.thehopnerd.com or leave me an email at thehopnerd, thehopnerd at gmail.com. You can book some time over on the website. We can chat about stuff or you can give me a call, shoot me a text, all that kind of sort of stuff. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Check out the latest book. 10 ideas to make safety suck less until next time. I really appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Love you. Mean it. Bye everybody. Bye.